Yeah. <laughs> hey, today um, on All Cylinders, we're going to be talking about roll cages and rolling on. We're going to roll on. And aluminum racing seats and fire extinguishers and other important stuff. Did you say we were going to adult today and talk about safety stuff? <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, got that. Got Come on, God dang it. Yeah, now we are all silver. Two grinch. Bolts and nuts. Gas gears, horsepower stuff. Got the valves. Got the pistons. Me and Ricky speaking. We all listening. Hello, everybody. How are you? How's everybody doing today? Y'all doing all right? Uh, and if I was any better, I'd have to charge for it. Whoa. That's right. Not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. You know, that's a pretty <laughs> interesting saying. What? That's a pretty interesting <laughs> saying. I helped my buddy push his truck in his garage last night, and he was like, God, you're a hoss. And he didn't know deep inside I was dying. <laughs> he said, this shit's killing me. He was like, this is awful. Yeah. It's, it's getting old. Age does that. Hey, don't you cuss me. Age does that. I'm just going to blame it on being fat, not old. I can fix being <laughs> fat. <laughs> right. Being old? Yeah, that sounds, like a, that sounds like a permanent problem. I can't help it. I did fix being fat, and old still gets me. Shh, crap. <laughs> so, speaking of... <clears throat> Fat and thin and old and new and, and what have you. Roll cages. Um, and it's interesting we're going to talk about this week. I was at the uh, Kentucky Dragway uh, Drag Racers Banquet Saturday. Saturday? Yeah, and one of the speakers there was um, Tony Mancini, the guy that had the big wreck uh, on Memorial Day. He, uh, he... He's got a dragster that's very capable of 380s. Uh, gave an unbelievable speech uh, because it was what he lived and what he what he spoke about was safety equipment and why it's important. And he could speak on that um, from a very real event because he lost his hand oh. in a car wreck. Oh dang! Um, and he went through he like he went through everything that he happened uh, at that time and um, how if he had not had. The, the safety equipment that they had. The one thing Aaron Simple does is not only run the racetrack, but he also has um, a race car shop. Like, he builds funny cars and stuff like that. So, he's like stickler on making sure when, you know, you've got what you need to be in there. And uh, speaking of that guy, man, his, his care for racers is just unbelievable. I hope we were able to get him in here sometime because it'd be really good. But um, Aaron was really big on making sure this guy had everything he needed. And, um, even with everything he had, he still ended up lost. You know, he still ended up lost his hand. But that was better than him losing his life. No doubt. Uh, literally in the video uh, of the crash, you can see his head come up out of the out of the, the race car. So, um, you know, even with the best of safety equipment, you can still have something bad happen to you. But with the lack oh, yeah. of safety equipment, you know, you're in bad shape. So yeah. it's interesting today that uh, we're going to talk about that, and which is funny because you didn't know I was going to that event and you know because i didn't know i was going to that event i got a call and was like hey what's up so uh but you know to because i'm not one that's really been a big safety guy i'm a street car guy but right. when you hear and see belt. 
Okay. Yeah, seat belt, we're good. Right. I, got a, I got a windshield. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, Saturday really changed my opinion on that. It really did. Right. Um, because when you see somebody that has the level of success that this guy did, and you see how it has forever altered his life, forever and you know and hear his story and talk about how you know the pain that he went through and you know at one point you know he was like i don't want to do this anymore as far as just living you know to hear him go through that suffering but then to to come through on the other side of that and now he's an advocate for hey i love drag racing still we're still trying to find a way to make me race a car again but the only reason i'm able to do this is because i had the proper safety equipment so it's a it's a it's cool it's cool topic david comstock the only reason why Dave Comstock is still with us is because of his safety gear. Absolutely. For I y'all mean, that don't know who David Comstock car is, was is obliterated. Yeah. It if you was guys shredded. Don't know who David Comstock is. That's uh, Daddy Dave on the uh, Street Outlaw Show. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, also got to speak with Frank Sodridge, who was there. Uh, if you want to look at one of the most spectacular crashes I've ever witnessed ever in my life, look up Frank Sodridge's crash on YouTube. Uh, he's in out of PSI speed, and um, it's it's easily the most spectacular crash I've ever seen. Uh, it was terrifying. I was there when he done that, and I like, I've seen a bunch of crashes. Well, it's, uh, it, not to interrupt, but it, I mean, it's so odd, yeah, safety gear. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at something like Ricky Rudd's crash in the Skull Car, way mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Right. Flew across the top of the chain link fence at the, at the NASCAR track, threw parts into the crowd, should have probably killed him. Absolutely. You know, he lived, still racing. Mm-hmm. And then you look at something as low speed as Dale Earnhardt's crash. Well, that that just goes to show you the advancement in safety equipment. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just... Those cars and those crashes were within the same, mm-hmm. you know, build era. Right. And to just... Well, do you know the freak device... accidents happen. Right. And, and just to see the difference and be like, well, damn... You can only prepare so much. So much. Yeah, well, I, as you know, I'm, but I'm a big advocate. it's better to be prepared than not prepared. It's better to have it, not need it, than right. need it, not have it. Right. You know, that's a military statement. Exactly. It's, you can't have it. Through well, and through. And you know how I am. You know, I'm a big advocate for faith. You know, and I wholeheartedly believe that when it's your day, it's your day. Yeah. However... That doesn't mean the rest of your days can't suck. <laughs> well, well, that doesn't exactly. That, that you know, doesn't mean I'm just going to go, you know, without precaution into the wind. Right. And you got to do your part, you know. Yeah. Um, and do, do you know the device that actually, if if Earnhardt Senior would have had one device, he'd have lived. Do you know what that device was? Was it a neck brace? It was the Hans device, and which is a form of neck brace, but basically it goes and attaches to your helmet and attaches to your roll cage. So if he'd have had that device, which is a requirement now for anything for NASCAR, any sort of circle track racing, and once you go so fast in drag racing, it's still required. Because literally when he hit... I mean, he was still running 200 mile an hour when he hit the wall, but it was such an abrupt stop that his body stopped, but his head didn't. So literally, it pulled his spine out of his out of his head. That's what killed him. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's not the speed that does the damage. It's the abrupt it's a sudden stop. stop. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of exactly. like jumping out of an airplane. Jumping out of an airplane is great. The fu- the fall is awesome. Yeah. I ain't had to have the sudden stop, but I can imagine it's not a good one. Right. Yeah. I could fly a plane. Landing it's a different thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's good, and uh, you know what I find it's, really it's, particular about safety equipment. What's that? And, and you'll 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 attest to this is we can go out and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on going fast, but it's like I'm not spending four hundred dollars on a stupid flame retardant suit. Right. 
You know, that shows you where our priorities are. And it's something that, as a young guy, I guess, before I realized how valuable life was, I really, really was against it. I was like, it's my life. If I don't want to wear it, I, should be, I shouldn't be made to. But once you start seeing things from the track promotion side, you see that, hey, that is a liability, you know? Well, not only is it the, the cost over equipment kind of deal, it, it I could also see it as being a... a when am I going to catch on fire deal? Right. Like, what are the odds that I would catch on fire? Which goes back to the, now as exactly. an older guy, it's better to have it and not need it than exactly. need it and not have it. Because so, when you need it and you don't have it, it's a bad day. Right. I mean, there's there's many reasons not to buy safety equipment that you could justify to yourself. But none I mean, of them are the right reasons. None of them are the right reasons. Like, I, I would tell anybody listening to this podcast, and, and I am going to eat crow. I will wear the crow proudly. After hearing... Um, you know, I've been able to talk to some people uh, over the p- course of the last year that were in horrendous wrecks that um, didn't come out of it unscathed. You know, there's a lot of people that are in these bad wrecks that are like, you know, we're like, I'm fine, so I'm good. You know, and then there's people that, you know, burn in their cars and yeah. stuff like that that um, li- have to live um, afterwards. Or I, I should say get to live afterwards and hear their stories to where they're like, oh, if I didn't have this. I wouldn't even be here now. So that's made me really change my opinion on safety equipment because I've been a very anti-safety equipment guy. I've been that guy that's like, hey, it's your car, your life, do what you want. But what I've realized now, especially you know, since I have been involved with a little bit of the business side of drag racing versus just doing drag racing, is that it's not you. It's not about you. Okay, it's you know you don't want to as a track promoter or a track uh, owner or anything of that matter. You don't want to have to go to that person's husband or that person's wife or that person's kids and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't enforce the rules enough." Right. And I allowed your and your 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 significant other now is dead. You know, because that's something you got to wear. You know, if you're if you're the track promoter, if you're the track owner, you're the one running the track. You're the safety person. That's on you. You know, that's the same as like when I think about going to the military, right? That's the same as like you're you're non-commissioned officer and you're checking your your subordinates and you're just like, eh, I'm not going to check, make sure you've got all your ammo today. I'm not going to check, make sure you got food and water. You Everybody know, else's parachute is fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's the chances of it really not working? You know, yeah. we'll be good. You know, and that's why it's so important, man. It really is. And um, like I said, I wear I wear the crow on my face proudly because I've been an advocate about everything against that but man when you talk to enough people that you know have made it through some really horrendous stuff you start going okay well maybe this stuff is a little different than what i know especially well, with the speed of our cars today man stuff's so fast as a youth i was all over dirt bikes and, and go-karts and boilers and, and things like that and i wasn't much on helmets and things of that nature when i was a kid but now you know my son rides exactly and i ride with him so i have to get my gear and I tell him, you know, we go over safety checks on the bikes. We go over safety checks on the gear before we ride. And he gets so, he's like, Dad, why are we doing this? We checked it last time. Uh, right. The last time something else could have happened. Right. You know, you could have ripped something and not seen it. You mm-hmm. know, one of your fasteners on your chest plate could have broken. You're not seen it between them. Like, you have to take care of the gear that takes care of you. PMCS, baby. PMCS. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's that simple. I mean, it, it, it's 15 minutes. And just looking over your plastics mm. and making sure that you're good. Yep. You know, it, it's cleaning your goggles so mm. that you don't get a glare. You know, uh, making smart choices if you're going to be in the cold or not. Just 
just being smart about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, the, you, and the best way to continue to make sure that we do that, and, and it's something that uh, they talked about at, uh, at the banquet today, or Saturday, was consistency. Mm-hmm. Get yourself in a routine. Get it in a habit. Get it in a habit to where you don't have to think about it. Like you, you When know, you're in a habit... You're not looking at it as a chore. Correct. It's just something to do. Right. It's just right. part. It's part of the process. Right. You know. And uh, again, um, there's going to be a, uh, quite a few buddies of mine that hear this podcast, and they're going to kick me in the teeth with it, and that's okay. You'll I'll have, have your grill guard in. Uh, I tried. I'll have my. Grill. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Good job, Glenn. Ten points for Glenn. I got my helmet. I got my helmet. <laughs> Which, and, 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 and that, that all comes back to my biggest YouTube uh, video. I got in a car that went incredibly fast with no safety gear on. Looking back at that now. Could have been the last time you went Could have been the last fast. time. Did it make for a great video? Yes. Did I take some precautionary measures? Not as many as I should. Right. Um, However, I caught a lot of flack for that video, and I was genuinely upset with them for being genuinely upset with me. You know, yeah, how dare you care about yeah, me, damn Don't it. you tell me what to do. I'm Ricky D. Don't you dare show any concern for my safety or anything. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'll be haphazard if I want to. It's my life. <laughs> you know, so so you I, only die once. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. I, I, I'm openly saying that I'm. Willing to wear the crowd, it's fine. Uh, I will never take a chance like that ever again. And I don't think anybody listening to this or anybody that has a friend that you know, don't take those chances, man. Get your safety equipment. You know, know the difference between, you know, <laughs> know the rules to what you need, you know. And if you're going to spend for the helmet, don't get the $40 helmet. Put some money in your stock. Know the DLT ratings on, I mean, man. You know, yeah, know, every, know what you need to have. Exactly. That's that. That's what I was about to get into. Is yeah. You, like you, different speeds, different things required, different safety gear. Roger. And I'm not gonna act like I'm a uh, self-proclaimed expert on this stuff <clears throat> because I'm not. What I know is that you have to have a certain DLT rating to go a certain mile an hour. I can't recite what that is off the top of my head, but. I know to look that up now. And that's something that, like I said, over the course of last year, I've not been concerned with. But now I know. You know, uh, I've always had a bunch of buddies that are chassis builders, so I've never had to really look into, you know, what, how fast this needs to be before it does this and that. Um, but over the course of last year, especially with my buddy building a 25-2 car, uh, I realized, you know, how important that is, you know. And it's funny because I'm a lifelong advocate of drag racing, and I didn't take that serious. So I can only imagine the people out there that, you know, I mean, motorsports, motorsports in general, Mm -hmm. be it four wheel, motocross, uh, autocross, drag racing, everything, Mm -hmm. everything has safety because motorsports is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uncontrollable in most cases. It's unforeseeable. Um, That's why they say it's a spectator sport Mm -hmm. because those are the most safe. I mean, you got to have balls to push yourself in a car to those limits. Yeah. You I also got to have the brains to, to, to watch your balls. Ha- have the foresight to, to look yeah, out for yourself. I mean, you, got, you got to. You got to be smart, but you got to be a little bit crazy, too. Well, yeah. But just be smart about it. Right. You know. Do I mean, the we, right thing. You know, know the difference between a roll cage and a roll bar. Right. Know the difference. Know the rules when you go to the track. You know, I've always been an advocate of uh, if you go 1099 or faster in, in a quarter mile, or 150. Well, at 10.99, you need a six-point cage, you know, or 
technically that's not considered a cage that's a roll bar you're not it's not considered a cage until you have a firewall or a floor modification and then at that point it has to have a halo in the top of it with down bars and that makes it a cage but 1099 or faster you know have a six-point cage in the car if you're gonna go faster than that then you need to have an actual roll cage in the car and uh, we're hoping to have a chassis builder in here soon to be able to explain the eaches of exactly mm -hmm. which is which on those because like i said we're not experts on it but um and the technology is changing i mean there's oh, yeah. the, the downside bars you know there's swing in bars there's swing out bars, bars. And everything i mean all kinds of, yeah swing arts i mean there's there's so many different fasteners and ways to build things and so many tracks of okayed things and then no you got to change this mm -hmm. i mean it's a lot to keep up on it really is but then again it's part of the process better than being dead yeah right. uh, something that i learned is uh, did you know that in 2010 the nhra made a change to the, uh, the roll bar requirement for the speeds for any car made from 2010 previous to 2010 or from 2010 and beyond uh you can run 950 in a car that is made in 2010 because of government regulations for the airbags and where they're at mm -hmm. you can so you can run 950 without having to have a, any sort of external uh cage modification or anything like that and 949 you got to put stuff in the car so uh, another reason for if you're looking to get into drag racing and you can afford to do that then start with something that's a 2010 because your safety equipment's going to be a little cheaper so well let's get into this then okay. just aside from the, the roll cages and everything and, and what what your thoughts on this are the Dodge Demon uh, super impressed by it super impressed by it they wouldn't let it run on the tracks because it didn't have a roll cage um okay there, so that's that's a cloudy that's a cloudy <laughs> right that's that but that was the thing that was going around everybody was like oh you can't run it because it's got no roll cage and well, you're thinking well no, it's, it's got the highway safety standards and crash testing for that car right. rated at, at that speed dodge shot themselves in the foot they said the car went 949 right that's why it had to have that's why they kicked it off that's why they had to dial it back uh they went out there they went 949 that's actually why i know the rule on the 2010 change was because of the demon uh it, i figured it, that's what the change was for yeah i just wanted to make sure from yeah. somebody that had a little more in-depth information on the situation but yeah that, that's exactly why uh those cars uh they're incredibly fast now i will tell you this um i announced that the um the demon and hellcat race uh, last year at Kentucky Dragway. Heck yeah! Uh, I didn't see any of them go 949 in stock form. None of them. They all went 10. They all went 990s, 980s. So why Dodge claimed that they would go that fast? Um, maybe you know optimal track, optimal temperature, optimal you know perfect run, barometric possibly. pressures yeah. and the fuel ratio and their tuners <laughs> on their track at right. this uh, time of day. Which I mean, I, I'm sure that car makes is capable of going that fast. But I'm saying in stock form, it's not going to go that fast. In stock form, it's, 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 and I use huge air quotes here. It only runs 980s. In Texas, yeah, and here, no. Right. <laughs> Stupid mountains, too. Yeah, our air density really messes mm. with our racing. And you know, uh, when you get into the safety aspect of things, man, and, and my mind's really, like I said, uh, it's been open to this a lot lately because uh, I'm 
I've been exposed to more things than just drag racing uh, in the last little bit. Uh, I'm I'm really liking the side by side stuff. I'm liking the uh, rock buggy type stuff. Man, to see the safety requirements that go into that, brother. I'm telling you right now, people. If you push college on your kids and they want to work something with their hands, you're wrong. There is so much money to be made out there by somebody that knows how to bend pipe, weld pipe, and stretch yes, tubes, dude. I'm telling yes, you right yes. now. If your kid wants to work with their hands and they want to make a bunch of money and they want to work for themselves. Tell them to learn how to weld and learn how to bend pipe. They will make a killing. But what if I want to be a saltwater bioengineer and live in Tennessee? <laughs> well, we might have a problem right there. I, 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 well, I, I majored in Atlantic Ocean Studies <laughs> and I live in Nebraska. I guess if they lived in Tennessee, they could work at the aquarium. You could work at the Ripley's or not aquarium, but that's about it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's a, yeah. uh, it, there's so much... It's so funny how, you know, there's not a whole lot in this country that is ours, you know. It, it, a lot of stuff, a lot of the things that we love come from other countries because we're a mixing pot of countries. But the two Racing things... is ours. The two things that we have of this country <laughs> that is ours is rock and roll. Yes. And hot rods. Yes, absolutely. Like, we're the, we're the founders of that. Yes. So, it's crazy to think how much potential you can have to make a very exquisite living in any form of motorsports, regardless of what you want to choose to do. And literally, you can do it in a degree format now. You can go get a degree in safety. So if you're a welder or you're a fabricator and you have a degree in safety, you already qualify to work for the NHRA. There you go. Go make your money. Matter of fact, I might go, I think I just changed my major. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Stevie Fast, I'm coming for you. Hey, the guy that helped me learn how to weld is a nuke welder. Wow. Yeah. He can weld backwards with a mirror. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get to that level. But just knowing that there's people that do that. Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. The, the, uh, I, I, the, I served with a guy in Iraq and Afghanistan in the same platoon, same squad, everything. Uh, his name was Everett Ball. I'll drop his name. He's a great guy. He won't mind. Um, he was a state certified teacher of welding at 19. He went to NASA. They flew him to NASA to reverse weld. I think it's, I'm probably butchering the terminology. All I remember is that he had to, he was flown there to do a 45 minute weld on a steel called Inconel. Huh. And he was like one of, Eight people in the country that could at the, that was available to do it at the time. Something crazy. So Dang. NASA flew him and his wife down there, and this is a guy that was in the infantry. Okay, no degree, doesn't want a degree. Literally, he's he's he can weld anything he wants. Just to. a hell of a welder. Yeah, he just he picks it up. And he's like like that's it. That's the guy that showed me the very little bit about welding I know. He got PhD in welderonomy. <laughs> <laughs> Welderonomy. Welderonomy. That's a Glennism right there, boys. Y'all welder. <laughs> Glennism. <laughs> Those probably exist, and I'm not even aware of it. Oh, I'm sure. Now. God dang it. God dang it. <laughs> so, so uh, we, we, we were talking about safety and yes, stuff. Do, yes. you know the, do you know the mile an hour that you are, you can't go faster than X mile an hour before you have to have a parachute on your car? I was, it was like 180? No, it? it's uh, 150. 150, At, at 150 really? mile an hour, you have to have a parachute on your car if, if your car is over 3,200 pounds. Really? Yes. The weight, there's a weight factor there. 
that matters. I think if you're in a dragster that's 1,800 pounds, then you can go 180. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. What about the... What was I going to ask you about the big thing? Oh, yes. Fire extinguishings. Oh, fire suppression systems are yes. amazing. Yes. Um, the technology on that has become um, uh, so much. systems and direct systems. All well, it's, it's funny because uh, a lot of this stuff is derived from technology that we had in the military. Um, like I remember we, when we fielded the Bradleys, um, the fire suppression system in there is basically, I mean, it's almost identical to what you put inside of our, uh, a race car. What it does is it, it shoots out this white powder stuff that literally all it does is suck all the oxygen air. PKP. Yeah, well, there you go. That's I what I did in the Navy. Oh, did my idea boy. And um, uh, Kyle... Um, what was his name? I'll think of his name in a minute. But there was a guy that raced a Corvette, and he races the tooth jerker now. Um, the and uh, he he burned up at a racetrack. Oh, no. I yeah. feel bad for joking now. Oh, no, you're fine. He, he jokes about it worse than you do, I promise you. God damn. Uh, um, but he was at uh, the Georgia uh, Ducks race, no mercy, and um, had a fuel had a fuel <laughs> line bust or something in, in his Corvette, so it just <laughs> caught on fire. And... Um, if he had not had the fire system on, he would have been way more burnt than he is now. But he's, you know, he's permanently disfigured. Uh, so what he's done is he's taken that bad experience, and now he's one of the front runners of fire suppression stuff. So uh, it's 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 crazy to see how you can take technology that was derived from the military, and then it can expand into, you know some of the fastest race cars in the world one, the fastest race cars in the world all, all of all of the stuff that runs like uh, 4.0s and under uh, all that stuff has to have the one specific fire suppression system in it because it's the only thing that reacts fast enough in order to keep the people from burning up because you know when you start running methanol for fuel which is what these guys are running uh, it burns so fast that you can't see it can't see it yeah, yeah it's, it's just clear. it's an invisible flame yeah and that's don't let the invisible fire burn, my friend. Right. It absolutely does. It's, it is absolutely will. Yes. And uh, you can't tell that it's burning them is the scary thing. Right. Your skin just falls off. Yeah. And so it, it's, uh, again, you know, um, I, I am absolutely going to, will, I will take all the beatings for this because I've done some stuff that was pretty ridiculously dumb that was very unsafe. We all have. Exactly. But I put it on YouTube. So but, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> they, there's far more idiotic things on YouTube. Oh, I know. And <laughs> what you put on there, I guarantee it. Oh, I promise. Oh, Lord, uh, the and, and, YouTube. And then and, and, and all the stuff that has started in my life like this. Oh, my beer, you watch this. Yeah. yeah. YouTube <laughs> is like a 15-year-long seminar on safety. Yes. yes. So if it's you, like... If you want to figure out what not to do... <laughs> yes. Literally, if I ever have a kid, that's what's going to happen. I'm like, all right, boy, you want to get into drag racing? Watch this. Boom. This yes. is what we don't do right here. Boom. Time for the fails video. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, if you're going to get into any motorsports out there, folks, any motorsports, and regardless of how fast you think you're going to go or how much you think you're not going to get hurt, man, don't take the chance on getting hurt. Don't take the chance of putting putting yourself in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. Don't take the chance of causing your kids to grow up without you. Don't yeah. take the chance of having your wife or husband have don't. to raise their kids without you. It's not worth it, man. If you're going to put all this money into something that's going to be there for your entertainment purposes only, then take whatever money it takes to put some safety equipment on your butt so you don't yeah. get hurt. Right. Don't, don't have one of them fly-by-night fab shops 
do your do your roll cage. Oh, you about to get in my feels. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that, that, that's it, man. Here, <laughs> Make okay, sure so, that your builder is a qualified builder. I understand cage work is expensive. I have buddies that do cage work. I understand, but you know why it's expensive? Because it's worth it. It's just like a divorce. It's worth it. I did not say that. <laughs> that's a Ricky Dism. That's, that's a Ricky Dism right there. <laughs> Dism. It's, it's actually uh, on the. Um, it's a Willie Nelson. Willie Nelsonism, <laughs> yeah, from uh, Dukes and Hazard. Yeah. But yeah. Seriously, the reason why quality cage work is so expensive is because it's worth it. You know, you have to ask yourself, well, what's your life worth? Yeah. How much? How much are you worth to to the people that love you? How much are you worth? And then tell me why you don't want to give five grand for a cage in your car. Yep. You know you want to give five, six, seven, eight, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for for a motor transmission combination, but you ain't willing to spend five dollars or five thousand dollars to put a cage in there to save your ass. Right. You know your priorities are jacked up. You know you need to have a conversation with yourself. So and you know, there's there's ways that you can. Save if you don't go with Chrome Molly. Of course, it's lighter, but it's going to cost more. Uh, there's certain speeds where you have to have. Well, you have to have Chrome Molly. Right. But the average hot rodder. The average hot rodder, yeah, absolutely. You can use a full steel cage. Mild steel cage. You right. know, uh, one, one, or, uh, I think it's 0.58 uh, I mean, wall if you, thickness. If you're only going that fast, you're not going to have to have a $12,000 cage. No, $13.99 is where they start requiring a roll bar. A right. roll bar, which is uh, different than a roll cage. A lot of people get them confused. A roll bar basically gives you a main hoop, and then you've got a down bar that goes down one driver's side door, or down the driver's side door, down the passenger side door. Then you've got an outrigger that goes from the main bar to the back of the car, two of those. And then that's pretty much your basic six-point stuff that will take you from $13.99 to like $10.99. So that's a big jump. You See, know? safe isn't always expensive. No. I mean, okay, so let's say you get some Somebody, you can't afford to go to a, a, a chassis shop to have cage work done. Man, get on Jackson Summit. They've got pre-bent cages. They might not fit the best. They might not be the most luxurious thing out there. But let's face it, man. If you're running tens and slower, you're not trying to be John Force. You know, <laughs> I know that because I mean, the fastest I've been in my own car is ten oh one. You know, I mean, I was at one hundred forty five mile an hour. Though. I was with that out there. I've seen people flip cars and trucks under ten mile an hour. Absolutely. It, it's absolutely possible absolutely. to roll your stuff at under 10 mile an hour. Exactly. Seen it happen. Absolutely. But the amount of rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know. Uh, you might roll it once and skate a little bit. I, I, I myself have put a vehicle on a stop. I've done it. It's no and fun. It, it is. But it didn't crush me. Mm-hmm. Had I flipped five or six more times, yes, I would have absolutely been decimated. Absolutely. Beat to a pulp. Excuse me, uh, and then you know it's not just drag racing, and and I and I'm guilty for this. I, I, I've everything in my life revolves around drag racing. I've got a drag racing sleeve that Mr. Glenn done for me here. I mean, I love drag racing, um, but having the platform that we have, you know, eventually we're going to reach people that <clears throat> do different motorsports. So something that I want to talk about is when you get into any motorsport. Make sure you know the safety requirements for whatever you're going to be doing. Whether you're racing a, you know, for me, I use drag racing analogies a lot. If you're racing a 13-second car, you need to know what a 13-second car needs. If you're riding a motorcycle, you need to know what DOT helmet you need. If you're right. doing rock crawling, rock, you know, uh, that kind of stuff, you need to know what kind of safety equipment that you need. 
and that falls on you. Don't get mad at a track promoter or a track um, manager when you show up and you can't do what you want to do because you didn't do what you needed to do prior to getting there. All you're going to do is make your time bad. You're going to make the track promoter's time bad. You're going to cause yourself to have a bad relationship there, no matter what kind of track you're at. And it's just going to be bad for you. So do your due diligence. A lot of us will take the time to figure out what, you know, metal valve we need to be a little bit lighter so we can go a little bit faster we will research that to the death you know we're you know we'll research the you know whatever we need to get the best deal to the death but we don't take time to spend five minutes to look at the safety requirements for what we need and then we get upset when we get there and we can't run so do yourself a favor do your family a favor look into all the safety requirements to know what you need before you get there no matter what kind of racing event you're going to that way you're not out you're not out your money because i think that's a lot of time what puts up such a bad taste in people's mouth over safety equipment is that we don't research it so when we show up we think we ought to get a pass well my car's only going to go this fast you know and again i will put myself on blast you know in 2010 we went down and raced the lsx face or lsx fest in memphis i had a pro charge car at the time well I had made passes in the car, no problem. And they were like, do you have a drive shaft safety loop on your car? Which is like one of the first safety requirements out there. You know, you don't even got to be fast to have that. And I was like, well, we forgot to put that on there. I just never had one. And they were like, well, okay, we'll go ahead and make you make a pass. Let me tell you what that pass cost me. It cost me the, my favorite car that I've ever had, minus my 67 Camaro. Because the drive shaft come out at 130 mile an hour. And it literally poked a hole through the, through the floorboard. Yep. It cracked the transmission, the casing. And it broke the block in half because it was an aluminum block. So literally, I was so disgusted that I, I parted the car out and got rid of it. And literally, I've not had anything fast since. And that's a million percent my fault for not doing what I needed to do. So you can literally let your ego get in the way on the safety stuff enough to where you can talk yourself out of your hobby. You can lose your hobby. So take the time. Learn what you need. Have that stuff put on. All it's going to do is increase your enjoyment of what you have because you're not going to get kicked off the track you're not going to get kicked out of the racing event you're going to feel safe going down the track or you'll feel safe doing whatever other motorsport event that you're doing so you know kind of look at it as not well i have to do this is more so of a way of well doing this i'm going to enjoy what i have more yeah yeah that's all i gotta say about that (laughs) right well no one wants to end up with the rubber side top, so yep. it happens though. Absolutely. You know, it, tell my son about wrecking his dirt bike. Uh, it's not if it's going to happen, it's, it's when it's going to happen. Yep. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. Equipment does fail. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, uh, four wheeling and have had my truck die going up a hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is sketchy as. Mm-hmm. Hell feeling. Yeah. When you lose power, <laughs> you're looking straight up. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a scary feeling. Absolutely. Or, I'm going to roll backwards. I yep. Mean, with no with no cage, with, with no power system, no breaks. helmet, <laughs> no no seat harness, yeah. nothing to hold me in this thing as I'm tumbling down a 300 foot hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, then it could have been the end of you. Yeah. Once you have that event, you know, and do you get a warning sometimes? Yeah, you know, like you got a warning during that time. It's every like, hey, now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> But what if that one time you don't get a warning? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're you're dead. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So as much as we love motorsports, because trust me, we do. Glenn and I have a very different uh, array of things that we do. You know, he four wheels and drag races and dirt bikes and that kind of stuff. And I like to go four wheeling. I like drag racing and I like doing hot rod stuff. But at the end of the day, 
we want to continue to be able to do that. And if we don't do the yeah. safety requirements, then, you know, we're going to make the people that we love the most, that have sacrificed the most while we do what we like to do, we're going to make them hate what we do because what we're loving to do is going to take us from them. It's hard to remember a shift pattern when you take a brick to the head and lose your memory. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. I mean, come on. Other than that, we'd like to wish you all. Oh, not even that. Who's the who's the chassis builder that you wanted to? Uh, his name is Justin Quillen. He owns Outlaw Chassis Fabrication out of uh, South Point, Ohio. Uh, he's also a former Marine. Well, I'm, 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 I'll get corrected here. He's a Marine. That is prior service. Right. Because once you're a Marine, Marine, you're always a Marine. Yeah. So, but uh, he's a very knowledgeable guy, and uh, he wants to come down here at the end of the month and be able to, you know, to, uh, shed a, uh, he's got a very in-depth view of safety equipment when it comes to the uh, chassis building realm. Not just drag racing. He specializes in drag racing stuff, but he knows the whole realm of what you need for a lot of different things. And that's all this this episode was basically about an introduction to safety gear and uh, you know what to expect on when we have him on here. Right, because because he he's he will talk over our heads. But don't worry, you've got me here, and I will tell him like, hey, dumb it down a little bit so we can understand what you're saying. And I'd just be here like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, yeah. Sounds good. I concur. I concur. Roger I concur. that. Uh, that that sounds like a mighty fine plan, sir. Mighty fine. Oh well, I really like your outlook on that view. Um. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the season is is upon us. Racing season. For some people, for some yes. people, uh, they just. Well, I mean, had, it's just our weather, you know. Yes. Oh yeah, this is this is beautiful right now. I'm just worried that February is going to crush us. That's all right. I'll take one month. Oh, me too. You know. Well, um, there's a lot of racing going on down south right now. Bradenton just had their first. Um, Big points race. Yeah. The uh, X275 stuff is already getting rolling. In February, baby, we're going to South Georgia Motorsports Park. Going to watch the greatest small tire drag racing on the world, baby. I love it. I can't wait to go. And, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, the season is upon us. I mean, we're ready to do things that make you go fast and make your butthole pucker. That's right. Kentucky Dragway, it's going to be it's, it's going to be hitting on all on all everything here everything soon. man Kentucky Dragway's got uh, so much going on this year we've got uh, we'll, we'll list events coming up as mm-hmm. they come up out there and then uh, we would like to reach out to uh, I-64 as well as the London track yeah. see what they've got going on you know and tra- and, uh, and then here's another thing if you guys are listening to this and you li- uh, you follow us on the Facebook page please give us a, a, a like I said, we're, I'm primarily a drag racer, but I know there's a lot more motorsports stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know, and I don't know where to look to find events and stuff. So if you're part of any sort of motorsports, uh, and there's an event going on that's local, do us a favor, man. Jump on the Facebook page, on Auto Cylinders Facebook page. Jump on there and say, hey, we're doing XYZ. Who knows? Maybe me and Glenn will get to come out there and cover it for you. We don't know. So, you know. The more active you guys are in helping us promote what we're doing, the more active we're going to be in help promoting what you want to do. You know, it's a, it's a tit for tat kind of thing. So, uh, jump on the Facebook page, guys, and if there's something, some kind of a local event going on, or even not local event, but there's something that you want to see covered or hear us talk about, jump on there, and if we can do it, we will. Yep. And just speaking of the season being upon us, a lot of us are finishing our wintertime projects or our teardowns and rebuilds. So check those bolts. Check those wire ties. Make sure that everything is in its place. Nothing loose rattling around. Just give everything a good once over, maybe a twice over. Let's have a good season. 
Amen to that. All right. And on that note, y'all keep it between the ditches, baby.